Welcome to Chat, Grapple and Cheat Pops with me, JB, and Chris Dredd. Yes, yes. How's it going, people? Hope everyone is all right. Uh, we are back with episode eight, which will be Halloween Havoc, Chamber of Horrors 1991, WCW flying relatively mid-level at the time. They weren't flying high, but we have decided to take a couple of minutes before we get to the show, just to mention a couple of things. It is Wednesday, the 24th of June, and me and Chris have a couple of things to say. I'm gonna start because it needs to be said, and we both agreed that we had to do it. We've been absolutely appalled by what we've seen online over the last week, and, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious that it's out there. Everyone knows what's going on. We wish, or I wish anyway, that we could have said, oh, it was just a few bad apples. But let's just, I'm going to go ahead and say it, but, you know, with maintaining the apple analogy, British wrestling is rotten. Absolutely rotten. We were going to cover a British wrestling show coming up. We've cancelled that. Not a chance with the... The way it's had going on at the minute. It, it, it's funny as well, um, because the British wrestling event that we were going to cover is is literally littered with individuals yeah. that have been either spoken about or um, the venue has even been mentioned a few times. Um, yeah. th this is the speaking out hashtag speaking out movement that we're talking about, and <clears throat> it has been in America, but there has been. A phenomenal, phenomenal amount of information coming out about uh, British wrestlers. Um, you know, it, it is, it, it's a, it's phenomenal. You know, I'll let, I'll let um, JB carry on, but I've got a few things to say about this as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I just, like I said, we were going to cover a show that's definitely not happening. I'm not, and we're not going to use however small this platform is to shine a light on anyone accused of wrongdoing anyone and that's that's just the way it's going to be um we really truly commend anyone that was brave enough to come forward and tell tell their stories they came out with such such amazing courage to tell some of these stories about some of these awful acts and you know i can i'm going to say this you know we believe you we're here for you our our lines of communication, which are Twitter, face not Facebook yet. Sorry, we will Twitter. we will have a we will have a Facebook group, um, and then we we could probably do watch parties of our episodes and stuff like that. So yeah, there will be a Facebook um, available yeah. soon. Our our Twitter, our YouTube, our yeah. Instagram. You know, those lines of communication are open. Anyone wants to talk with us or anything like that, or just chat, or if they have anything to say, feel free, and. You know, hopefully this is some sort of, you know, movement for change. It has to change. It cannot, it cannot get any worse than this. And that's me. Um, that's my opinion. Yeah, um, well, I've got a bit more of a, a um, you're, you're a bit more calmer than I, Jordan, uh, when it comes to uh, certain things. I'm a bit more hyped about it, but I'm pissed yeah. off, to be honest with you. Um, 
I mean, last week, I think we even mentioned British wrestling in our last episode, was it? Or the one before? Uh, it actually we, was. We it was the it was the last it was the last episode when we were talking about uh, Lord Alfred Hayes and I went and said, look, British wrestling is brilliant. Um, the amount of talent that comes out of this country, yada yada yada, and then fucking lo and behold, within a week we've got hashtag speaking out and we have got you know I even spoke about I spoke about the holiday camps I spoke about that kind of British wrestling. You know uh, how the roots of British wrestling, and it is as Jordan says, it is fucking rotten to the core. Um, if we haven't, if you haven't already heard how myself and Jordan met, myself and Jordan met through wrestling training in the UK. We trained for nearly two years, a year and a half or whatever. We realised that we really didn't have the the time, the money, or the, you know the um, even even the, the, the get up even and the, go. Even the connections. Yeah. Even the connections, you know, because we 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 knew, you know, we, we, we had a small circle of people in the UK wrestling industry that we trained with, went seminars with, went and trained in their rings, etc. etc. And we have even been acquaintances with people that have been mentioned as victims and possible abusers. So we we are fucking all up in the air. You know, we 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 stand with anybody who's coming out and saying anything until it can be disproven to be false. I'm sick to death as well. I'm seeing people, predominant people in the UK scene coming out and condemning people speaking out about this. And that is one thing that has really got on my tits now as well because do, do not come out and say these keyboard warriors, these people coming out and saying this and tarnishing these people and blah, blah, blah. First of all, shut your shut your mouth. You know what I mean? Shut your bumber clark mouth because we, we, we're not having it. OK, we're not having it. If things can be proven that they're false, then fine. Brilliant. OK, that's 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 great. But, you know, to come out and just to say Oh, people need to stop doing this and coming out and saying this. No, people need to keep coming forward, okay? And That's and right. saying that things. These people will no longer be silent. They they will no longer be silent. And the, and the fact is, the British wrestling industry has been literally run by these people. Literally run by these people. When people get into wrestling, they don't get into wrestling at our age, Jordan. They don't get into wrestling when you're thirty plus. When people get into wrestling, they're children, okay? Whether it's young boys or young girls, they're coming in at the age of 14, 15, and they're, go they're coming into training and they want to be safe. Everyone deserves a safe space to learn this craft because wrestling, it can be a beautiful thing. I've met some fantastic people through wrestling. I'm looking at one of them right now, one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet, my brother, JB. And, you know, I've met countless fucking lovely people in this industry and there will be friends friends in grappling for life and friends in life for life but there's also some fucking wrongings out there and it has to be spoken about people keep coming forward myself and jordan we are on twitter you know and like i say we have already reached out to someone who we it's quite a 
predominant case as well, let's just say, in the UK. We've reached out to someone that we know uh, that we're acquainted with uh, and, and, and sent them our wishes. Um, and we hope that they get back to us. We hope they're doing OK because all of this stuff being dredged up again after X amount of time isn't good for anybody's mental health. Um, so, yeah, we have reached out to them and we reach out to anybody out there in computer land, in Internet land. You know, we're not the, these high whizzes in the wrestling business. We, we just know a few people. We trained. We, we, we met people. We made friends. We hurt ourselves, but we had a fucking good time. Um, and then we got on with life, you know, but we've still had one ear and one eye open. But we, we, we never even dreamt that it would be to the level it is. We, we obviously know that there was a few creepy bastards Obviously, we know that are people that are a bit creepy. And Jordan and myself, actually, without any knowledge of anything that had gone on, we actually called out a couple of people and said, yeah, fucking hell, we we, we, we should have fucking known, man. We should have known. Yeah. Um, but because, we ha we, because we're not females as well, you know, we're not, you know, we, we, we just wouldn't have these things necessarily happen to us. So um, we're just sorry we had to mention that. We had to bring it up hashtag speaking out we're not going to mention any names we're not going to mention any accusers we're not going to mention any victims but there are fucking enough out there there are enough out there go on twitter go on youtube type in hashtag speaking out and you will find out anything you want to know um and yeah let, let's get rid of this fuck we're talking about fucking coronavirus this is a virus and it needs yeah. to be rid from the the wrestling world from the uk wrestling world and the us wrestling world it needs to be gone well said i'm sorry bro <laughs> i'm, I'm vexed man we and needed this, to we needed to get that out this ain't no um, alcohol in this cup it's just blueberry juice so before anyone says he's on the tipple <laughs> i know it's in the classic costco red cup but uh yeah and with that we we're going to change our attentions completely because we're in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're in Chattanooga, Tennessee, 27th of October, 1991. That's right. We are in, uh, we are in Chattanooga. It's, for me, two hours and 48 minutes of Halloween havoc. How, how many, how many, how many, mate? Two hours and what? Two hours and 48 minutes. Well, uh, uh -oh. as usual... I watching the Chamber of Horrors um, WCW Turner Home Entertainment VHS, and this was a hundred and ten minutes approximately. We've been here before, but, haven't we? Fuck you, Edward. Um, why, why? And 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 let's see as well because this tape, okay. This was one of the... This is 1991. This is early days, okay? I was uh, nine years old, right, when this came out. I was watching WCW on the afternoons. Um, this was one of the first four videotapes that would be released in the UK. So we had Chamber of Horrors, Halloween Havoc. We had Future Shock. We had Capital Combat. And we had Collision Course, okay? So there were four... See, I did there. There's four... Um, Very good. <laughs> four Horsemen, baby. Four Horsemen, baby. So there was four VHS that was initially released in the UK, and this was one of them. This was the first 
one of the first tapes that you could buy as a as a kid or as a wrestling fan in Britain of WCW. Um, and it was, you know, it's exciting, man. You know, you've got, um, you know, WCW was, I mean, this kind of wrestling. I mean, we had wrestling on, on the in the afternoons. But, um, you know, re- American wrestling was always exciting to us when we were growing up, you know? That's right. It was a... Uh... Really, it was uh, yeah, it was good fun back in the day. You know, we'd have I think we used to have Worldwide, WCW Worldwide on, the right. show, on yep. our local channel. Before we get to anything else, let me just remind everyone to like and subscribe if you are watching on YouTube. Quick reminder that we're on Spotify, you know, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, I believe it is. Yep, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Listen Notes, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Castbox, Spotify, Podbean, the whole dang shaboodle, and not to mention hit, YouTube. Um, hit we, that subscribe button. We hit that hit subscribe button, guys. Our, <coughs> the 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 response to our last two videos has been absolutely fucking phenomenal. We have had. Over a thousand views on each video. They've only been up a week or so. We're extremely happy with that. We would really, really love it though, guys. If you like what you're seeing and you're coming back and watching more, please, please subscribe. Because Just remember, as... it's free to subscribe. It's, it's free, free to subscribe. Just click a button. <laughs> Just click a button, light up the bell, and then you will get every time we, we come out with a video, you will get a, a, a notification but, um, you know, you can silence them notifications. You can still subscribe without them so they don't bother you. But please, please, please subscribe because we're, 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 we're really loving the amount of views we're getting. But the subscriber count is still fairly low. So we just really want to try and boost that up, um, get to the point where we can be a bit more popular. Uh, and then we can start doing competitions and giveaways and things like that. And you never know, we might even do one in this episode uh, to boost that subscriber count. So if we get to that magical number of 1,000 subscribers, we will then do a competition, uh, a giveaway with all of those 1,000 subscribers. Is that we yeah, the, yeah, the people out there might not necessarily know that we are memorabilia, nerds, geeks, whatever you want to call us. We've got tons of it. We've got tons and of this we're shit. Happy to, we're happy to give some away. Look at this behind <laughs> me, mate. We've got figures. We've got... I'm a, I'm, I loved my sticker books and my stickers. You know, we've got... We have got, incredible trading cards. Look. Dude, we've got everything, man. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> oh, you fucking had to bring out Malenko. Every goddamn episode, this guy's getting mentioned. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Oh man. Yeah. Uh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We uh we we move on. We move on. Um. Yes, we are in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. This is a this is a different sort of commentary booth. It's two play by play guys. Yeah. There's no no heel commentator. There's no you know no ed- there's nothing edgy to this commentary team at all. It's there's no dynamic baby face. Yeah, yeah, there's no dynamic between between the two, really. And yeah, it's um it's an odd pairing. You I'm sort of expecting, you know, but it does explain as to why there isn't a heel commentator on the show later on on the show. I won't spoil it just yet. But yeah, it's not it's not my favourite pairing. I, I mean, two. I like JR, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I love them both separately. Love them both separately. They need, like a, they need someone to work with them. They need people to bounce off, yeah, 100%, man. 
And straight away, before we get into any action, we cut, we cut away to earlier in the day with Eric Bischoff trying to talk to some of the uh, wrestlers as they arrive. Cactus Jack and Abdullah the Butcher arrive in their car. And uh, the first thing I meant I noticed was that Abby is wearing a shirt and tie. Yeah. This is not Abdullah gimmick. This is, <laughs> this is Abdullah in a shirt and a tie, and I thought it was hilarious. With, with, a, um, with a cigar as well. Yeah, and uh, he was, you know, looking all weird, and, like, you know, Cactus Jack was with him, bang, bang. Um, it was it was good stuff, man. Uh, uh, DDP and Diamond Stud, the next up, they don't say anything. They just get out of their car and move on. Yeah. Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes arrive in the next car, and before Windham even gets out, the enforcers, Larry Zabisco and Arn Anderson, our WCW World Tag Team Champions, slam his hand in the car door and make, it, make a run for it. Yeah, <laughs> it, looked, it looked good. Um, and yeah, that was, uh, I suppose that would explain why Barry was off the show. There, there was, was, was there an underlying injury issue then? I'm not sure because Barry Windham on the episode of uh, World Championship Wrestling the night before it's something we watched on YouTube thank you to whoever I can't remember who posted that but yeah, that was a really that was good help Barry was meant to be on the heel team correct on this show and he did an interview saying he didn't care about who he was going to face or beat up or whatever and yeah there was, I mean there was a couple of changes to this uh, to the Chambers of Horrors team the heel team anyway and I mean we'll get to that because our first match of the night is the Chamber of Horrors cage match. Um, and, and this is this is a fun, this I mean, this is funny in many ways, but I'm gonna say it now. It's possibly the worst match I've ever had to review. Oh, it was awful. Um it's, there was so much so, like so many talking points going on during the match that you're like, right, like I mean, how the fuck did they come up with this match? First of well, all, like yeah, let, let's just let's just get it going. It's a cage around the ring. It's not like up like a regular cage like back in the day. It is around the ring. It's and your object here is to get your opponent into the electric chair and fry them. Brilliant. I mean, what what who thought of that? Yeah, I know that Jim Hurd's in charge at the time, and I. Th- think oh yes dusty virgil runnels is our senior producer so i'm guessing he had something to do with this i mean this was a this was a fine line though bro because in the last episode that we we did it was 1990 SummerSlam 90 wwf and dusty Rhodes was involved in that so when did dusty leave wwf dusty left after the royal rumble i believe not 100 percent sure but I know that he was he was part of Rumble '91 with with Dustin, in fact, against um, Ted DiBiase and Virgil. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out where he goes from there. Um, I've got nothing. Just... No, it, because it seems is well. Basically, let's just say. That that it was bloody. It was the, the the timing's pretty close. You know, it's within within a year of him leaving WWF. Let's say because well, this yeah, is a... he, he obviously leaves the WWF in January of '91, and 
in November of or October of ninety one, he's back leading the WCW charge. Yeah. Um, on that WCW episode, World Championship Wrestling episode the night before, the original heel team, now this is a fun one, was meant to be the Diamond Stud, Barry Windham, Abdullah the Butcher, and Oz. No, wasn't One Man Gang supposed to be in it? One Man Gang was also supposed to be in it, but he left the WCW That's just right. beforehand. And for some reason, Oz was now part of this team. That doesn't happen, thankfully. And your heel team for the night is Cactus Jack, Vader, who wasn't spoke of in any realms of being in this Chamber of Horrors match. No. The Diamond Stud and Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah. Uh, Cactus had already been scheduled to take on Bill Kazmaier, like noted before in that episode of WC, of World Championship Wrestling, whatever it was. So there was a little switcheroo. Um, and they're taking on the Steiner brothers, El Gigante and Sting. And the Sting that is, is this Sting right here. I mean, I'm going to say this now. What a waste of Sting on a pay-per-view. First match, dog shit concept. Um, I mean, he gets... He, he gets lost in the in the schmoz of the of this match. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I've, I've got here. It was going to be a clusterfuck from minute one, and it was. Even the entrances were out of whack. Like the teams didn't come out together. Like one person came out from team number one, then three people came out from team number two. Like what on earth is going on here? All built up to Sting being the main sort of entrance, but so. Uh, just very quickly, I'm I'm assuming that the matches that I don't have on this tape are not all from the beginning. They were like through, dotted throughout the pay per view, and they then were, they've been they were cut clearly out. dotted throughout the show. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll get to them when they because uh, the Casmire the Casmire match is one of them, isn't it? The Cactus Jack. Oh, he didn't have Casmire. Uh, well, Casmire takes on Oz yeah. later on. Yeah, there's a, there's but a it switch. was supposed to be Cactus Jack versus yeah. Oz. I don't get that match. There's no Kazmaier Oz match on this on this tape. No, yeah. Oh, oh dear. Um, you didn't miss much. Okay, great. But yeah. Um, Diamond Stud Scott Hall would be gone by 1992 to take on his biggest role at light yet as Razor Ramon. Um, a random masked man came out of one of the coffins in the cage. In this, a random masked man who just got battered. But like, but dude. Yeah, there was there was two coffins, two coffins. big two big wooden caskets either side. Um, so you've got the ring, and then outside of the ring, either side of the cage, you had these two, and one of them had a guy in it, and it just fell down with the guy in it. It <laughs> fell down Steiner, with the guy. Beat the shit out of him. Yeah, someone got thrown against it. It then came down. And then the guy was in there, just some guy with a black mask on. He it, and they ended up like handcuffing him yeah. to to like the cage and just beating the shit out of him. Now that's obviously another wrestler, and they've obviously ribbing him like, yeah, let's just fucking, you know, handcuff him to the side of the cage and beat the living snot out of him. But like in the match, it was like. Hold on, who's that guy in the mask? And then they had to explain, oh, that was someone who was in the coffin. There was also no. ghouls in this match. The the ghouls would eventually make their way to the ring. Yeah, Tony described them as ghouls. They were just geezers with like talcum powder on their faces. <laughs> yeah. 
one of them looked like one of them looked like Mike Graham. So I was sort of like, I was crazy man. But, down, yeah. By the um, look of this pay per view, it was probably cocaine that was all over their face. <laughs> now everyone knows I love a good uh, two camera sort of finding out what's happening, and like you know, I can't follow it and I despise it. But tonight we have the refer eye cam. Yep, spelt refer. It, it, yeah. It's like the refer. <laughs> Reefer eye camera, and it's like Paul had to wear this stupid helmet, yeah, with a camera attached to it. It must have been heavy because it's 1991. I was gonna say, <laughs> did, you, did you catch the look of it as well? It was like one yeah. of them. You, anyone in the UK, anyone who, who's who uh, watched children's TV during the 90s, there was a program called Finders Keepers, right? And it was, it had Neil Buchanan and it was like this big, like set that looked like a house. And then kids had to go in and like find stuff. And like, like fun, yeah, wreck the place. And like fun house. You remember fun house with Pat Sharp and Melanie and Martina? I know a few people remember them, but they used to wear these same things with like a massive black crash helmet. with just like this huge camera sticking out the top of it. It must have been heavy. Yeah. Poor referee was wearing one of them eventually the chair gets lowered into the ring and it takes up the whole, pretty much the whole ring. What it, a joke. It nearly crushes Cactus Jack as well, old Foley. It must be a rib on like eight guys in the ring. Um, Cactus is cut. I don't know how it happens. You can't see, like the cameras are nowhere to be seen. I know, I know exactly when it happened, bro. I know okay. exactly when it happened. There was the lid of the casket. Sting threw it up in the air. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it came down cool. and hit him on the top of the head. Then he bladed straight away. You could see it so blatantly. Uh, um, yeah, you see a few more of these later on. Yeah. I mean, and also, um, you've got... Um, you, you, you've got um, Abdullah the Butcher is... Um, oh, actually, there was a point, yeah, after Cactus Jack cut himself and he had blood fr- all over him... He does this crazy bump, yeah, where yes, Sting where he flies over the rope. Oh, oh dude! And Sting just launches him, and he just flies out and hits this and cage. The camera and then, barely catches it. Oh, and he barely catches it. It it, it, it was such a great, great bump, and he it's it a should wonderful have caught spot. It. Yeah, but the cameras, the production team didn't catch it and didn't even replay it. Um, Abdullah Butcher's trying to climb the cage. What is he thinking? He's massive. Um, and this is, yeah, this is where I get to the point where it's a waste of Sting's talent. J- Jim Ross even says he's the most popular athlete in WCW. You know, Cactus was, takes that crazy bump. He was he was on, sorry, Sting was on every, if you can imagine, like this, this, this book, yeah, is just, this sticker book is just one example of Sting was on everything, dude. Sting was on yeah, everything. He's on, the, he's on the annuals. He's on the annuals. He's on the sticker book. He is on. I've got an advert on the beginning of the VHS, and he is like, he is the guy on the advert. I mean, with how, with, how many, how many Galoob versions of Sting did they release? Three, you know, four. He was the face of this company, and you know, he's in this match, and he's covered in fucking Abdullah the Butcher's hepatitis C riddled fucking blood. Um, well, yeah, I've got this. Um, Abby starts bleeding, and there was a rumor that he had hepatitis, and he was sued over it. He he, he was sued by um, you know I talk about the Hannibal TV shoot interviews. Yeah. The, um, uh, that guy Devon Devon Hannibal Nicholson, he's a wrestler, and he sued Abdullah the Butcher 
for cutting him with his thing and infecting him with hepatitis C. There was a court case. Um, Hannibal won the court case. Um, you know, they were trying to sue Abdullah for, you know, fucking millions and that. Um, well, I mean, uh, yeah, superstar Billy Graham, like, also, like, was one of the people that said he had it. And, yeah, I just, I'm not, I don't, I don't really want to dive into that because it's pretty disgusting. But you, I mean, you've got, you, you've got he's men. bleeding all over Sting, he's bleeding he's like. Oh, bleeding yeah. all over it. I mean, Sting's, some of Sting's blood's going to be Cactus Jack's. And to be honest, I'm surprised Mick Foley. The amount of stuff he did with Abdullah um, or yeah. Larry, as he's like Abdullah the Butcher from Syria or or Sudan, where where he's built from. Sudan, yeah. His real name's fucking Larry Shreve. Like he's, he's <laughs> the, got the most American name, and he's like, you know, I swear he used to sell used cars. Did Did you notice that the switch had gone into the on position? It'd fallen down. <laughs> Poor referee. I think it might have been Pee Wee. Anderson had to climb up and put it back into position, and yeah, I just knew that this was this, this was a shit shot. <laughs> yeah, the, I just don't know. You can see the ref's trying to fix it. It's oh, it's comical. Like you don't see any like decent work out of someone like Vader on the show. You don't see anything out of out of the stud. Like even the Steiners, you only see little clips of the Steiners. It's, oh, I mean, the, the entrance for Vader. Vader comes down wearing that big like yeah headdress thing and then he takes it off and then like these fucking steam things start flying out the back of it it would have looked cool if he was wearing it and then they start yeah. it started but he took it off and he just started walking down the ring like holding it and then like like I say the entrances were absolutely ruined in this thing um cactus climbs up to hit the switch, um, and he's up there forever. Rick Stein has been put in the chair, and Cactus, for some reason, is stalling. Obviously, he knows what's going on, and he just can't do it yet. And there's a reversal from Rick Stein to Abdullah. He sort of suplexes Abdullah into the chair, and Cactus, who doesn't see it, I just, yeah, I, I think it's, it's hard, to, there was hard a, to get positive on this. There was a door, though. There was, like, where the chair was, there was, like, a little door. So when they slammed that outer door cage, that's when Cactus done it. And I think he was waiting for them to slam that door. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. Oh, I'm not giving them that. I'll give, it, I'll give yeah, him it, man. Yeah. Give... Abby's in the chair. Cactus pulls the switch. I've got here. Thank God it's over. Um, there's some fireworks to simulate an electrocution. Um, yeah, the worst match I've ever seen. And and I've got here, Abby on the way out kicks a stagehand who's just put in part of the uh, the ring, the entranceway back. What a prick. Dude, he fucking boots him full on the side of the face and knocks yeah. his glasses what off as well. Right. He's not even a wrestler. He's not even a wrestler. He's a guy. No, he, basically... he didn't sell anything. He didn't. No, uh, they, they like. They were putting the a bit of the staging back in for the walkway where they'd removed it so then the cage could come down next to the ring. As the cage has gone back up again, they're getting the they're getting the the piece of the walkway and they're just literally stagehands. They're not wrestlers or nothing. Yeah. And Abdullah walks past, yeah, pushes fucking boots Cactus it. Jack out the way and then just boots him on the side of the face and then starts attacking the ghouls. Yeah, I what fucking, it was what? fucking such a cluster. Like, 
that was yeah that i mean that that was the chamber that was the i mean that was the selling point of the show chamber of horrors and it was it was hideous um we'll cut away to jr and tony uh, they can't keep a straight face when they call bischoff eric bischoff and missy height uh, distinguished colleagues they start chuckling <laughs> and they just can't keep it straight uh, i've got here eric is dressed as the count from sesame street yeah I think uh, a messy it's Vegas showgirl. Is that would that yeah, be an accurate? I don't think I've got this little bit. They, there is a little bit after where where we yeah. have um where where you have uh, what's his name um, Bischoff uh, Bischoff as as Dracula. That's the first time I see him. Is well, when yeah, he's I there. Just, with... I think it was more like the Count from Sesame Street. Yeah, is it? I just think it was just it was. Terrible, but yeah, they um they're trying to find out who the Phantom is, the WCW Phantom. That's been a big part of their Halloween thing. Yeah. Um. They asked the Young Pistols who come into shot, uh, Tracy Smothers and Hearts and Armstrong. I can't remember which one. I don't get any of this. And like one thing I've got, I've just got holy shit. They are southern as fuck. I love Tracy Smothers. Real twang to it, yeah. I love they're it. Asking if, they're asking if the Patriots are yellow because they won't defend the US tag titles against them. And yeah, it's just it's 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 funny stuff. It's good to be reminded of these things. Um, at least they weren't being called the Southern Boys. They, they were they were the Young Pistols. Now, uh, I'm not sure you'll have this match. We have the Creatures making their debut. No, not got it. <laughs> I'll be quick. The creatures make their debut here. They're coming out to either I think it's Ultimo Dragon or Psychosis's music as well, which is which was a funny thing because you know you're a big Psychosis fan. Love it. And I found out that underneath these masks of the creatures was Joey Mags, who was lifelong jobber, and Johnny Rich, who I don't really know. Hmm. And they are taking on now. This this is a team and a half. The rap master, PN News, and Big Josh. Yeah, dude. And we have all that, yo, baby, yo, baby, yo, all of that stuff. You know, he does a little rap, which was uh, which was written by a fan who won a contest. Okay. See, this is all the stuff you've missed. There was a contest to write PN News' rap before the, uh, before the match. I, I'm not going to repeat the rap. It was pretty dire. Um, we also get our only cheap pop of the night. Oh, nice. We get a What's Up Chattanooga from PN News. And I, yeah, the cheap pop is what we live for. We love it, man. Uh, PN, he's a big guy. He's using his gut to his advantage. He's bouncing these creatures off of him. Um, JR had a little chuckle when he said the 403 pounder, because I'm not so sure. Um, now I'm gonna we're gonna talk about Big Josh for a second. Um, Matt Bourne would obviously go on to play Doink. This guy could go. This yep. guy in the ring was brilliant. He, he hits a beautiful German suplex on Creature One or Two, um, and yeah, he would play the best version of Doink, the original, which was creepy, you know, dark Doink. <clears throat> You know, sadly he passed away in 2013. He uh, 
But yeah, Matt Bourne could go. He really he was he was trying drop kicks and yeah, really good stuff. Josh, did Big Josh turn up with the Bears? No, no Bears this time. No, no he bears. just came out. He came out with a, with a little bit of a dance and a jig with PN News. Um, he was but, huge. He was huge in the eighties, dude. Absolutely huge. He was. You know, his dad was a wrestler. Um, but you know him himself. Um, he had a legacy all of his own in the eighties, man. Um, yeah. he, he, you know, NWA stuff, I believe. Um, you know, or AWA. Um, but yeah, he, and also, also a bit of a thing. If you've got a big Josh Galoob, WCW Galoob toy, they are rare. They are because it was a UK UK exclusive. exclusive yeah. And uh, if you've got his axe handle as well with it. If it's mint uh, on card, I don't have the I don't have the axe handle. I don't think I know I have the figure itself, but not the handle. If it's mint um, on card, it's worth loads of money, mate. Yeah, I don't have that either. <laughs> Just out of the uh, out of the box. Um, Jesus wept. PN News hits a splash from the top rope, and it looks like he absolutely crushes the poor creature. And uh, that's your three count. Um, I'm I don't remember seeing the creatures after this. I think it was just a Halloween thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, some, you know, trick or treat, here comes some creatures, blah, blah, blah. And that's it. Can I can I just say I I've always been a bit disappointed that no one has really ever carried off a clown gimmick um like really well since Doink the Clown. I know it was the nineties, but he really when when he first started off as Doink, you know the problem. You know what fucked Doink the Clown? Let me just say, in my in my opinion, what fucked Doink the Clown is when turned they him turned him face. Yeah, yeah. it is it like it, when when they started him feuding against um, Jerry Lawler. Um, oh, with the with the little people. Doink, ink, dink, wink, bink, yeah, pink, slink. Cheesy, sleazy, you know, and you had a fucking Survivor Series. You had Doink the Clowns team with a load of midgets, Jerry Lawler with a load of king midgets. Um, you know, Doink, Doink was best when he was a heel because, when, you know, he first came in with a cigar, you know, and burning the kids' balloons and shit. Yeah. Like, dude, he was amazing. Like, you know, and he had that Matt Bourne had this kind of character about him where he was like laughing and then just really dark at the next bit. Yeah. You know, it's um it's obviously patterned on uh, Tim Curry's it, but it's, a little uh, bit, yeah. yeah. Um, and also um ah uh, um the the Joker from from the original from the Batman series that was on the TV, Ramiro. A guy called Ramiro played the Joker when Adam West oh, on the yeah, on the right. TV yeah. show Batman. Yeah, so that that Joker, his mannerisms, that's what Matt Bourne was kind of going for. And I I really enjoyed Doink. There was there was another guy in TNA uh, who was like a clown. I think he was called uh, Crazy Steve or something. Oh, okay. No, I didn't watch around that time. Crazy so. Steve. And basically, you had big uh, Rob Terry, the Welsh guy, was like, the he was called The Freak. And he was he, he had like a mask on, and it was called The Menagerie. 
And it, oh, was, okay. it was like a little stable in TNA and it was called the Menagerie. And you had Crazy Steve, who was like this clown character. And he would he would bring this like metal bar down to the ring. And then Rob Terry, the big Welsh fella, who was part of the British invasion in TNA after he was before or after he was unmasked or whatever. Um, he used to take the bar. It was like some circus attraction. So you had some some girl coming out. It was like this show girl. And then you had Crazy Steve. And then you had the freak. And then, yeah, so Rob, the, the freak, would get this metal bar that was given to him by Crazy Steve and bend it round his neck in the middle of the ring and then give it back because Crazy Steve, this clown, would be, like, all weird walking down to the ring and then, like, biting the metal bar to show it was metal and all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, Crazy, Crazy Steve was, like, another clown character but um i really think did it work it i mean yeah kind of um because i'd I'd never heard of him up until now so yeah i mean i was a big tna mark for a long time um it i i still to this day believe that there was a certain era of tna that was fucking phenomenal It, it was amazing i mean this is where aj styles made his career before he went to WWE. I mean, you at one time at one time TNA had um Cowboy James Storm, Robert Roode, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Sting, Kurt Angle, Booker T, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, um it had it had them all, dude. It had, you know, let let's 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 just, um, you know, let's just, you know, Austin Aries, you know, that is my rock star spud signed Bound for Glory. And Hulk Hogan, Victoria, um, it had, you know, Al Snow, it had... Um, oh, okay, now, now, we're, now we're just taking the piss. No, honestly, dude, it had no. um, the Dudley Boys, you know, it had... You, you lost me at Al Snow. You know, Chavo Guerrero. Um, you know, it had just Rob Van Dam. You know, there was an era of TNA, dude, from, you know, God knows, you know, 2010. Here's, here's the thing with TNA, and, like, we don't want to dive off topic too much. You mentioned a lot of those names. How old were those guys? Dude, they they were putting in phenomenal matches, bro. Um, Kurt Angle, when he was in, when he was in TNA, the matches Kurt Angle was having on a weekly basis. I mean, I fucking love Kurt Angle. I fucking love the geezer. And I wish that a lot of the wrestlers nowadays had that guy's integrity. Let's just put it like that. Um, and let's hope no stories come about, about fucking Kurt Angle. But anyway, um, you know, I, I love Kurt Angle. And the matches he was having on a weekly basis with, with people like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, you know, he was... And, and he was fucked at that time as well. But, dude, he was... No, man, I saw TNA live more than a handful of times when they came to the UK. You know, I went to see him a few times and it was good stuff, man. Um, I even met Dixie Carter and held the belt. This uh, this TNA sponsored program was brought to you by Chris Strange. <laughs> yeah, it was. No, seriously. Like at one time I was, a, they, they, their programming was pissing all over WWE at the time. 
um, honestly, because I used to watch both of them at the same time. TNA was on Bravo. All their pay-per-views were on Bravo. They had good visibility on TV. It was a golden era for TNA. There was a time. We'll, we'll do, you know, at the moment we're doing pay-per-views yeah, and we, yeah, we'll and we focus. You know, we'll go to TNA because they had some absolutely fucking great pay-per-views. They really did. It just, the problem was the booking it, it, they had the talent. They were having the matches. I mean, dude, you had Black Machismo. Um, Jay Lethal was there. You know, they had Ric Flair. They had, like, fucking hell, man. They had Hogan, dude, at one point, you know? They they, they literally, you know, I, I love TNA. And I, I hate it when people TNA bash um, for the sake of it. Because, I mean, let's face it, fucking Dixie Carter a lot of the time, bless her. Don't know her ear roll from her arsehole. Um, when it comes to wrestling, she's a bit of a mark, and she she believes what people tell her, um, and it, the the product has been up down up down up down. So yes, this 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 TNA broadcast uh, <laughs> is brought to you by me, but it's just we were talking about what we were talking about, Matt Bourne, and we got onto clowns, and we got onto crazy. Yeah, Steve. you got onto crazy Steve, and I you you went to TNA, and yeah. I just wanted to. That, you mentioned Al Snow, and I was, I'm, yeah. Anything that. so I can flash off me Rockstar Spud signature, yeah. mate. Yeah. Shout out Drake Maverick, aka Rockstar Spud. No we'll move, stories. We'll move on to the next match. I don't know if you've got this one. Have you got Bobby Eaton <laughs> against Terence Taylor? No, I don't. But oh. I do. I do have the beat when the bit when beautiful Bobby um, meets no up with Missy Hyatt yeah. with the fucking pumpkin. <laughs> pumpkin. Right, we'll get to that. It's Bobby Eaton and Terence Taylor, um, two guys who are in the WCW top ten at the moment. That was a big thing. WCW every show would bring up the top ten. The and, rankings, yeah, yeah. yeah they mentioned it a few times. That. Yeah, um, and they took that quite seriously in the early nineties. Um, Taylor is with uh, Alexandra York with the York Foundation. Uh, Taylor is the computerized man of the nineteen nineties, whatever the fuck that means. Better um, than the fucking red rooster. Exactly. I, I put on here underneath, it smells like chicken or is it rooster? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking and rib. Eaton, obviously beautiful Bobby. What a what a hand in the ring. Like, And I just put like, holy shit. The early exchanges in this match are so smooth. It is beautiful wrestling. Like, and... <clears throat> You know, I, I mock. We mock that because he's the rooster. He was. He was really good in the ring. Oh, Terry Taylor. Taylor he, yeah. And let's let's just mention as well, he Terry Taylor. Gimmick. He, he he was backstage at TNA for a long time as well. He was involved with TNA for a long time. <laughs> he was he was like a road agent. <laughs> I think. Back to TNA people, we're gonna we're gonna. We're going to shift right back onto Bobby Eaton because Bobby Eaton never turned up in TNA, did he? <laughs> that'll be your that'll be your thing that you mention um, in the in the Twitter thing. You know, when you uh, every time you mention on Twitter a few things that come up in the thing, it'll just be a random and Chris fucking <laughs> loves off TNA. Like it'll be, <laughs> you know, there's something for you TNA fans in this episode. What all of them? Fuck off, dude! Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't cuss TNA. Don't make me get my signed uh, Rockstar Spud DVD out again for our video viewers. I, I kid. I am actually, I actually enjoy some of that really early TNA stuff. But I will, uh, you know, I, I great stuff, man. Bill Samoa Joe, AJ, yeah, man. Um, 
Bobby Eaton for me doesn't get enough respect. Love beautiful Bobby man. Um, yeah, what? A, how good was he in the ring? Or Lord Robert? I yeah, I mean the be. mullet is impressive too. There are better mullets on this show, but this is one of the best mullets you'll see. Um, Bobby's over with the crowd. It's a good crowd as well. There are big chance of Bobby. Um, there's a gut wrench power bomb on the walkway from Taylor to Bobby Heaton, which gets a you know good like sort of good reaction. But then we get too many rest holds, and it's like I think we get three or four rest holds and. You sort of you lose you lose you lose, you've lost the momentum, and the match takes a bit of a bit of a only a bit of a nosedive. Terry Taylor misses a Vader bomb. I'm sure Vader was pleased that he was trying to use that in the match. Um, and Jim Ross makes a he makes a little uh, comment. He says he calls Bobby in the Quiet Man, which is obviously a reference to a John Wayne film. JR loves John Wayne, um, and it's yeah the movie of the same name. Uh, I've seen The Quiet Man. I love The Quiet Man. It is a hilarious film. So if anyone out there has never seen it, it's John Wayne not being not being a cowboy. It's John Wayne in a comedy film in based in Ireland. It is it's a cracking bit of a bit of film that. And then almost out of nowhere, we get a picture perfect Alabama Jam for a three count. And beautiful Bobby moves up the rankings, I guess, and Terrence Taylor slips down. The computer didn't work. The computer didn't and work. Computer says no. Well, the computer said no. That's a reference to an old band TV show in the UK. Yep. <laughs> Fucking what a what a time to be alive, isn't it? It's, there's yeah. so much stuff going on in the world. It's actually crazy. This is why we're just enjoying delving into these these pay per views. You know. Yeah. Um, next up, because <laughs> there is a quick turnaround, is uh, Jimmy Garvin. Do you have this? Um. Yeah. Um. It Jimmy is and Jimmy, um, Jimmy Jam Garvin. Yeah. Um. With Michael Hayes, he's got a bad arm. Uh, against yeah. Johnny B. Bad with uh, Teddy Long. Theodore R. Long. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um. Any excuse to hear Bad Street USA? What a song! What an <laughs> entrance! People love that song. Dude. Um, what? the fuck was going on with Johnny B. Bad's attire and makeup? Well, I've got this actually, because this is this is one for you. The tassel rule does not apply here in WCW. It, it doesn't in Chattanooga, right? Because I swear he was supposed to be the... Well, he's not the heel, is he, in this Johnny B. No, Bad? No, he's not, but it looks like Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin have decided to have a little bit of fun stuck on Atlanta Braves hats. Yeah. Which seem to be the team in the area. Giving it the fucking tomahawk. The tomahawk chop, yeah. The, um, and all of that. And yeah, it's uh, they've uh, got one over on Johnny here because there's big Freebird chance. Big Freebird chance. Big DDT chance. Yeah. Um, like you I know. said, the tassel rule does not apply because Johnny B. Bad is covered in tassels. And is not the baby face in this match. It was disappointing, but as any rule, there was always an exception to the rule. There's another exception later on in the show, which, yeah, I, I mean, we'll, I'll explain it later. Dude, but... do you know, you know the problem. Do you know why the tassel rule didn't work here? 
the tassel rule didn't work for Johnny B. Bag because he also had garters around his knee pads and around his boots. He had yeah. he had like Yunnan's doilies sewn to his ass. He also had dangly diamond earrings, um, cheek blusher. And, doesn't go over well in Chattanooga. And pink eye. Like if you can, you know, you know when you watch um like those those um beauty pageants where they make the the little kids like honey boo boo and all that yeah like when they've got the the what kids the the kids doing the fucking beauty pageants it looks like one of the mums has got hold of um johnny b bad and just literally giving him girls makeup man's got lipstick on pink eyeshadow this is 91 chattanooga bruv yeah this this does not go over that well with the chattanooga crowd um <laughs> It's almost like that. What was it when uh, when Stunning Steve gave Brian Pillman a kiss in yeah. one of our earlier episodes? Yeah, yeah, and... yeah. It didn't go over, man. Yeah. But he he looked he looked like a male a male transvestite. I don't know if you can say that now, um, but he did look like not a transsexual. It's different. He looked like a transvestite, like a bloke dressed up as a woman, basically, with the makeup. He had a moustache. You know the beard and everything, but just with full woman's yeah, it makeup. Was a, it was an odd gimmick, but yeah, really like, weird. I don't know what what. I mean, he it, ironically he makes it work later on with a lot less makeup. Yeah, I think they like, toned he, it he down. Yeah, he they toned it down. Yeah, um, the hip toss from Garvin to Bad outside the ring. Beautiful, but it was like a reversal, reversal, reversal. Incredible, yeah. Beautiful and stuff. Fans go nuts for it as well. Yeah, like, beautiful. Up until up until this, like the most over people so far in this show are the Freebirds and Sting. Like yeah. up until now, it's yeah, and yeah, the hip toss outside the ring over the, over the top rope, which doesn't get a disqualification. We'll move on to that later on. There, there's but, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of moments where they talk about it and they say, "Oh, it's referee's discretion, and he's decided to allow it." Yeah, happens a couple yeah. of times. In the stone, in the stone Steve looks really sharp. He was really good in this. He was feeding off the crowd. Um, Hayes, we mentioned him in the last one uh, when we were talking about In Your House when he was yeah, Doc Hendricks. Michael Hayes, I think if Michael Hayes had had more, had was fitter in the nineties and had, you know, did, maybe didn't work half of the eighties and work half the nineties, he'd have been he'd have been a champion somewhere. The guy had charisma like just oozing out of him. Even in this, he wasn't even part of the match. He came yeah. down. He was the one who was supposed to face Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. So he had his arm in a sling, okay? And Johnny B. Bad gets hip-tossed out of the ring. And then while Garvin is, is pulling the referee, he fucking lathers Johnny B. Bad with his good arm, with his bad arm. And it's then about, uh, hitting the mat and he's hitting the mat and everything. And even they go, oh, I guess his arm's fine now. You know, so yeah. he clearly, it was, you know, but the way he played it was fantastic. It was absolute gold. The Freebirds um, were over as, as fuck in this, man. Yeah. Uh, Johnny starts to resort to some heel tactics. I guess they're just playing off of it, maybe on the fly. Uh, he uses a little bit of cloth to start choking Jimmy. That was uh, Teddy Long's idea. Make, they make a hideous mess of a sunset, a flying sunset flip. Oh, dude, he headbutts the mat. He he, they, he yeah. tries to do a sunset flip off the top court turnbuckle. And um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Johnny B. Bad, the way he hops over 
out of the ring, very quick in the ring, agile, you know, so he jumps up in the corner, goes to do this sunset flip thing, and literally just like headbutts the floor, gets an ass on his head. Oh, it was awful. I felt bad for him, man. It looked like it. Been in this match as the uh, as the left hand against the DDT. Uh, Johnny hits a flying elbow from the top. Would be a finisher in any other promotion, I believe, at the time. But not here. Um, they, it's a short match. It's not a long match. Um, yep. You do get the big DDT. Fans go wild for it. Theodore R. Long is distracting the referee. So there's no three count. He gets up and Johnny throws a, I would say, a little bit of subpar left hand. Mm-hmm. And it knocks out uh, knocks out Jimmy Garvin and gets a three count, which is a bit of a surprise. I think even JR and then mentioned this is a big win for Johnny B. Bad. Um, and after the match, Hayes, Michael Hayes comes out and lays out Theodore. Well, they were calling him Peanut Head. They were calling him Peanut Head, yeah. Yeah, there was, there was a few chants of Peanut Head in this match. And yeah, he lays out Peanut Head long. Um, I don't know if that's a racist slur. I mean, how how far do we dive into that? Is it a racial thing or is it just... Well, I mean, do you remember the the footballers, um, Jason Lee? Pineapple on his head. Pineapple on his head and Dion Dublin. Yeah, they used to say he's got a Malteser on his head. Did they? I don't. I don't remember the Dion Dublin one. Yeah, Dion Dublin. He's got a Malteser on his head, and he was a black black fella with a skinhead. Well, with a, literally just bald. Now so, the host of uh, now the host of uh, one of the Holmes shows on BBC, right? What Dion Dublin? Yeah. Really. Yeah, one of those those shows where they buy houses and flip them or whatever. Yeah. Fucking Holmes under the hammer or whatever. That's, yeah, it could be Holmes under the hammer, yeah. That's crazy, right. Well, for any American viewers or anyone that isn't British, this is like your classic 90s prem, UK Premiership football trivia. League, yeah, big-time player. Scored a lot of goals for Coventry and Aston yeah, Villa. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah, now he's hosting Holmes under the hammer. So it's very, it's a bit of a career change. <laughs> but yeah, we'll move on. Fucking Dion, how did we get to mention Dion Dublin yeah, exactly. in a wrestling match with Jason Lee? <laughs> we get to we go back to Missy again, talking about the Phantom. And at this point, Bobby walks into shot holding a pumpkin. Yep. Then he won a match and he's going to celebrate, but he's looking at the pumpkin at the same time, saying so he's going to celebrate. What's he doing with that pumpkin? Yeah, it's very strange. He's like, leave me alone. <laughs> I just won a match. I'm going to celebrate. I got that. <laughs> And yeah, Missy throws another fit. That seems to be a standard thing on any show. And our next match is the television championship, which is held by stunning Steve Austin. Stunning Steve again gets another one with Lady Blossom, which was his wife at the time, I believe. That is correct. This is yeah. um, this is probably one of the best matches on the card, I would say. Very, very good. Only ruined by a couple of bits, which I'll dive into in a bit. But... And most of them were from fucking Dustin. Um, no, I don't think uh, I don't. I'm not going to blame anyone in the ring for or any ring work. I'm. Just, I am. I, I'm going to. Okay, we'll, I like we'll Dustin, but I'm going to blame him because he, he he made some stupid. He did some stupid things. But it's can I just talk about? Can we just talk about uh, Lady Blossom quickly? Yes. Yeah, uh, Lady Blossom. She was Stone Cold Steve Austin's wife. 
and she is actually the woman. She's British. She's from fucking South End on Sea, mate. Uh-huh. She's from South End on Sea, mate. Um, she uh-huh. she is the woman who is responsible. All the credit. She has all the credit for basically creating the Stone Cold Steve Austin name. And she tells the story in a book. She tells it on shoot interviews where she's British, we're English, you know, we drink a cup of tea. Anything that's wrong with you, oh, you're not feeling too good, yeah, I'll make you a cup of tea. Oh, you're a bit cold. Have some lemon, have some honey in it, yeah. I'll make you a cup of tea. So... They were talking about Stone Cold having the name and he was watching all these gangster things and he wanted the idea of someone who was cold, ice cold or whatever. And uh, she said, oh, don't worry about it, Steve. Look, drink your tea. It's going to get stone cold. Boom. There you you go. Because that is something we say in England. So, oh, my dinner's stone cold or my my tea's gone stone cold. Like, um, so there we go. And she was, you know, but also just another little side note. Do you know who else she was married to, bro? Uh, Chris Adams. He, he trained her. He was married her as well, didn't he? No, I don't think so. You know who else he, she married to? Oh, dear. Go Billy on. Jack Haynes. Really? She was married to Billy Jack Haynes for at least a year. Um, They were okay. together. And Billy Jack Haynes mentions on a podcast about things that she would later come out and say about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um and yeah. say we you know, I know I I I know her, you know, we were married and all this stuff. So yeah, she was married to Billy Jack Hayes. She might have that? Yeah, because she took the ring name Adams because she was trained by a gentleman uh what's his name? Um Adams. Yeah. I've just yeah I've just looked it up. It was her then boyfriend Chris Adams. There we so, go, yeah, Chris. They got married. Yeah, right, they so gentleman Chris Adams, yeah, trained her. Um, not obviously, so gentleman, not so gentlemanly, Chris Adams. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, um, not, yeah, like that's another story for another day, but. Yes. Yeah, uh, Lady Blossom, the uh, the creator of Stone Cold. That is the correct, name. and she, the you name, know, anyway. they, yeah, they got kids and together so, and everything, and. We take a quick break because it's memorabilia time. I think. Is it memorabilia time? I think so because we have from 1991, and I have to thank Chris for this. WCW trading cards. Aha! Uh-huh. And you can see that it's unopened packet of WCW trading cards from 1991, and we're going to open one or two even. I uh, well, the the funny thing is, yeah, we. For our video viewers, our podcast viewers obviously won't see this, but yeah, um, I've got a load of these, um, and Jordan has some now. Um, Thank you, Chris. And so I've got one here. Jordan's got one there. I've actually got more than one. Uh, I have your lovely little. He's pres- got boxes. I've got, got boxes, boxes of them. I've got absolute boxes of them. So I've got here your little presentation thing, how it would be. You walk into the sweet shop with your little bit of money that you got, your little bit of pocket money, and you go in there and you buy... You not to buy sweets, yeah, and you get a trading card. You get your WCW trading cards. I've also got unopened boxes from 1991. So, yeah, this is is stuff from 1991 we're going to crack open right now. And... 
Let's do it. Let's uh, let's see what we can get. Oh, dude, I'm so exciting. <laughs> this is uh, this is a weird sort of memorabilia trip. And we figured it would be fun to. Uh, this is open what you up. get on this channel, people. This is what you get. You get memorabilia. You get us opening blimmin' 1991 trading cards that are like yeah. 30 no. years old. And our first card out for me. We'll go card for card. Who you got? It's not Dean Malenko. Oh, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, there's so many cards here. I don't think we can go one for one because it take all, all night. But no, we'll go one for one quickly. Go on. Who you I got? I have Big El Gigante. I've got El Gigante, but he's at the back ben of mine. There we go. Oh, you got a different one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. We have who, someone who's later in on the show, Mr. Flying Brian. Oh, the great card. I've got Steiner Brothers. Uh, yeah, I have a Steiner Brothers one here, but again, it looks different. So It is different. Yeah, it? that's correct. Yep. Look at this. I mean, this is another one. Look, someone else who will later show up on the uh, Halloween Havoc is Ricky Morton. Lovely. I've got Mr. Sting. Sting. Stinger. Look at that. These cards are 30 years old, people. Yeah, this is something. This is um, history. Someone who did not, who was not on this show, and not even in the promotion, Sid Vicious. Oh, well, I've got... Currently in the WWF at this point. Ric Flair. Again, someone who's <laughs> not in the promotion at the time. I have I have this one. It just says Doom, but it's a picture of Ron Simmons. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've got a Doom, but I've got... Butch Reed. Oh, that's uh, this is weird. <laughs> There's Tommy Rich as well. I've got the Southern Boys. Oh, the Southern Boys. Yeah, we mentioned them just now. <laughs> oh, now this is this is a good one. Dirty Dutch Mantel. Oh, lovely, good stuff. Yeah, not, I've not got much of him in WCW in 1991. I've got Sid Vicious. Some, yeah, Sid. Again, these are all different cards, so I don't know what, how many cards they released. A massive set, these were. Uh, we have Michael P.S. Hayes of the Freebirds. Fantastic. I've got another Ric Flair, a different one. This is mad. Uh, we've got the current WCW World Heavyweight Champion, Lex Luger. Fantastic. Looking, looking good. I've got another Southern Boys there. one, but this one is predominantly... Uh, Tracy Smothers. It seems like they're not very creative with their work here on these cards. Yeah. I have Teddy. I have Teddy Long. Oh, so dude, you got Teddy. I got Missy Hyatt, bro. <laughs> <And> <laughs> lastly, lastly, we have the most popular man in WCW, Sting. You got a Stinger, yep. Yeah. And I've got Arn Anderson, and for some reason, Flying Brian. Good stuff. So yeah, they, a, we've just done an unboxing video as well. So there an we go. Unboxing from 1991, people. Enjoy that. And you know, um, this, these cards here, these will probably be part of the giveaway for our subscriber giveaway. Um, you know, 1991 Impel WCW trading cards. We'll do Something a little competition. And we will give, we'll give some away. Um, you know, because we, we want those subscribers because, you know, we won't lie. We want to monetize the channel. 
because then we can give more shit away. Um, you know, that's ultimately what we want to do. You know, we want to make this channel as best as, as we possibly can, but we can't just be giving away all our shit because we don't have that much money guys. We're just normal working dudes. You know, we're not millionaires or whatever, you know, we're not, um, PewDiePie or whoever that do all these, you know, get millions of bucks. So we, we are, we're just a couple of guys and we're not ex wrestlers who do a podcast about figures, wink, wink, who can yeah. um, afford to be doing that kind of shit. Um, five more figures, yeah. Yeah, you know, and also, I reckon those guys, that fucking podcast, I watch it, um, watch their videos and that, but that is partly the reason why the cost of figures is going through the bloody roof. <laughs> Bastards. Um, Business 101 from Chris. There we go, man. Shoot from the hip, son. Uh, um. So... Oh, yes, that was really yeah. enjoyable. Really enjoyed that opening up them cards for our lovely I mean, viewership. Yeah, 1991. That's, I mean, it's almost what thirty years. It's a year off thirty years, bro. Let's, uh, yeah, dust natural dust and rose. Jr. says here, if he had a draft pick, Austin would be his number one. And you know, you'd see that later on in the years that Austin, like Jr., would always go to bat for Austin, and they would be. For a little while, anyway, really good friends in the uh, World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, they're good um, buddies. Um, well, actually, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Dustin Rhodes were actually ranked four and five, for your information. Yeah. Um, I mean, these two are clearly, they've got to be considered the future of WCW at this point. Because, you know, TV champ and all that stuff. There's a nice lariat early on from Dustin, which... Gets the crowd going. It, it's and... a it's a great match because the the chain wrestling. I've in, got this. This is my next point. The chain wrestling is beautiful. It is absolutely it's beautiful. beautiful, and it it reminds me of that kind of wrestling that that we learned when we were first learned wrestling. You know, when you when you first get trained in professional wrestling, you should be getting trained in chain in chain wrestling in working with people doing you know your basic wrist locks hammer locks reversals forget, forget about your fucking flips yep and learn and learn, learn some holds you know some proper chain wrestling um and and this match was just absolutely beautiful for that it was you know uh beautiful reversals you know hammer yep. locks wrist Very locks drop toe holds you know the way they will both get up um legs um you know he uh, head scissors you know um loads of, it, it, absolutely be beautiful stuff beautiful stuff yeah really good um jr says tonight he's unsure where lady blossom would hide anything she'd usually be hiding some sort of brass knuckles or something for steve um if, i'm guessing he's uh, referring to the sort of tight revealing outfit which someone in production or a cameraman really enjoys because they zoom in on her chest at one point and I'm just, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, leave her alone. I'll tell you what, let's not zoom into her chest. How about we zoom into our chests as well, do quickly? Yeah, speaking of chests, you can see that just about. This is our yeah. merchandise. These are our cartoon yeah. characters, yeah, well, obviously. Tales. Yeah. What, yeah, what is it? Tyrant Tales, isn't it? Yeah. Tyrant Tales, yeah. Thank you very much for the artwork again. And yeah, dude. Uh, still one of a kind, aren't they, really, these T-shirts? Ain't nobody else got them, baby, except me yeah, and but... you. If there is a is a demand, I'm sure we'll uh, 
will take a request or take some sort of like. They, they look cool. They look really like them. King of the Hill style. <laughs> you know, like I really love them. You know. No, it, I love King of the Hill, so that's a that's a good one. It's fantastic. It's really King of the Hill ish. You know, you've got Jordan. Uh, me there in my pants, in my little wrestling pants with my boots. Got Jordan with his lovely cape. Look at that. Look at him. Beautiful. These are the heroes you fucking need, dudes. These are the heroes. Not necessarily, you might not want them, but you need them. Yeah. Yeah? Anywho. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The bump from Rhodes outside the ring, he tries to, he misses the crossbody. Yeah. And ends up bouncing and flying out the ring. I thought that was really good. He literally does bounce as well and then flies out the ring. Crazy. This is where I lose it because Austin lays in a couple of punches and Rhodes blades. Mm -hmm. And I think, what's the point? It's a TV title match. It's 15 minutes. It's not... It's not going to enhance this match. Yeah, but you're forgetting who's his daddy. Yeah, I know. Who's his his daddy? He doesn't need to. No, he doesn't need to. But also... Austin later on in this match would also blade. And yeah, Austin blades as well, um, which again is even more pointless because he blades with only a few seconds left, it would seem. Literally minutes to go, yeah. Um, Um, And there was no, it wasn't that kind of match. It wasn't that kind of match. It was your pure wrestling. um, It was meant to be pure. You know, it is the the thing that pissed me off about what Dustin was doing in this match as well, when he was covering Stone Cold or Stunning Steve. Slamming the mouth. He was he was counting himself. He wasn't hooking the leg, he wasn't pulling the arm in, he was just literally just leaning on him and just tapping the mat as well with the referee. It was it was stupid. Tony brings that up and says he's not really sure what he's doing. Um Lady Blossom paintbrushes Dustin and she gets a couple of stiff ones in. She does get a couple of stiff shots, a couple of slaps, and then she gives this like evil kind of grin. Yeah. I thought she was great ringside. I thought she worked really well. Um, this match was going to end as predict- predictably as we all thought. It would go with full 15 minutes, time limit draw, but both guys put everything into it. It was excellent. They were talking about um, how the TV champion would end up always defending his title a lot more than even the heavyweight champs yeah. because the heavyweight champs would do it once every 30 days they would have to but the tv title would be defended every single week on tv yeah, every week and i yeah i really like this match i thought it went well it you know just a good piece of work from both guys um i get a promo for starcade 91 lethal lottery battle bowl that's a lot of words to say <laughs> uh, for a, for a pay-per-view yeah just a quick video promo for that and then I think we move into one where you, that you don't have, and it's from the Emerald City, Oz. Oh yeah, I don't have this. Takes on, and this is this has got to be this got to be a rib. The world's strongest human being, Bill Kazmaier. <laughs> like he was a strong man. He did like he did. I think he did maybe win or take part in World's Strongest Man or stuff like that. He's carrying a fucking globe, like a balloon globe, on his back though as he comes down to the ring. Oh, I don't know oh, whose idea was that. <laughs> um, yeah, again, this is so short. This match, Bill's massive, like he's huge, like he's just so, like he's so built, and he has no trouble deadlifting Oz. Oz doesn't have to do a thing here. Uh, Oz, for anyone who doesn't know, is 
would later become Diesel, Kevin Nash, Finney Vegas. I know Chris likes Finney. I love him. Um, yeah, he's, and he's uh, not a small guy. He's not a small guy to deadlift. He's almost seven foot tall, yeah. And he's quite well built, upper body and stuff. But yeah, Bill has no trouble sorting this one out. He's messy. Bill is green. Like, you can clearly see that. Uh, there's a back suplex from Oz to Kazmaier, where Kazmaier sort of lands on the back of his neck. And it does make you sort of wince a little bit. It's... But here's the here's the funny part, the, the best one of the best parts of the match. Oz tries to throw Kazmaier over the top rope. Kazmaier holds on and skins the cat, just like Shawn Michaels. Nice. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a hell of a thing for someone that big. Um, sorry, Ricky Steamboat would do it as well. But yeah, Shawn Michaels sort of made it famous in the 90s. And we get a torture act for the win. Just a torture act for the win. Kazmaier gets him up. Torture accent, that's it. JR says it wasn't pretty. He's right, it wasn't. Um, do you have Van Hammer up next? No. Oh, fucking hell. Um, yeah, I've got our Lord Van Hammer's up next because we all know what this is about. <clears throat> he's taking on he's taking on Doug Summers, but they mentioned before that he's meant to he's meant to have taken on Michael Hayes. How many matches did Hayes have on this fucking show? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might have they might have got it wrong, I don't know, but Hammer's entrance, he comes out, he's flipping the guitar around, he's spinning it around. The only thing he doesn't do is fucking play it. <laughs> like, and yeah, um, Summers almost almost knocks himself out. Hammer throws him into a corner. Thomas trips on his own feet and crashes into the turnbuckle head first. Um, and we get to the finish. It's a slingshot suplex, which is just it's just dire. He almost he almost ends up crashing Summers' head into the mat. Like, poor Doug Summers has a nightmare of a match here. And yeah, that's it. It's done. Like, thank God. And wow. starts headbanging again. And I just think, oh, fuck it. Just, just move on, please. <laughs> we get some comments from the two guys in the light heavyweight title match. Really generic babyface stuff from Brian Pillman. Flying Brian, my apologies. Um, and I thought that. Richard Morton here would have a bit more like he's you know sort of a seasoned veteran knows how to cut a promo and he just cuts his pretty lame duck promos like saying he's going to win and bring the title back to the York Foundation and it's like oh okay thank you for that <laughs> and it is it's Flying Brian in the light heavyweight title match is a vacant title uh, light heavyweight title match against Richard Morton who we know as Ricky Morton from Rock and Roll Express Get with Alexandra York again, and poor Nick Patrick has to wear that stupid fucking referee eye camera. Reefer eye camera. Reefer eye. <laughs> the camera, yeah, on his head. Um, it is a battle of the mullets. Uh, Morton's is better than Brian's. I'll give him that. It's a really nice mullet. Very well. A lot of tassels on Morton as well, which is hoping you'd have this match to talk about because he's got a lot of tassels. He's tasseled like up. He's like he's just wearing rock and roll, rock and roll express like gear. Like get some new fucking gear. You're a heel now. G'd up from the feet up. Maybe he just yeah. couldn't let go of the tassels, dude. You oh. know, tassels are a hard thing to let go. You know. Um, something I noticed here: the light heavyweight limit in this match for this for the light heavyweight title is two hundred thirty-six pounds. That's not light. 
<laughs> the cruiserweight limit, which would later go on, would be 205. And in boxing terms, like in when we talk about real weights, cruiserweight is heavier than light, light heavyweight. So what the, who's fucking doing this to us? Again, I'm, I'm pointing fingers at Jim Hurd. I was going to say, well, that darn championship committee. Yeah, the championship committee. We do hear about the uh, ever so secretive championship committee later on. It's a slow start to the match. The, the booth are really behind Brian here. They're really putting him over, talking about his football career like, and how he played with the Cincinnati Bengals and all that stuff. And, you know, he won an award for, you know, his bravery and stuff like that. Like, and how he, he when he uh, played American football, he was a walk-on. He didn't, he didn't have a scholarship like a lot of these athletes get. He, you know, became captain of the team, stuff, a lot of stuff to go on. JR loves his football, doesn't he? So he was just going to carry on unless Tony cut him off. <laughs> um, there's a really sweet end to Guri, not something you would see in 1991 from Flying Brian. Um, although JR does reference that Inoki does it in Japan, so I might have to check that out. It's not a high flying match. It's not something you would like. Flying Brian would later go on and have some really good matches with Jushin Liger and stuff, and they would be flying all over the place. This is not that sort of flying match that you would see in 1996 for Cruiserweight titles. He had, he had a really good match with him um, as the first match on um, Nitro. I believe yeah. the first first right. ever match on Nitro was Flying Brian versus Jushin Liger. And this match just, it just doesn't get going. Like I'm I'm going to stick with what I, what I thought, is that Morton can't fly around anymore. And Brian gets the win with a flying crossbody from the top rope. It wasn't very good. It gets the title. So we can skip over that because I know you didn't have it. I didn't um, have it, but then they mention it right at the end of the pay-per-view. And they say, congratulations <laughs> to flying Brian Pillman for winning the fucking... It's like, look, if you're going to put it on the video, at least... If you... yeah. Fuck you, Ted Turner. Jeez. Next up, it's the Z-Man against our Halloween phantom that's been so secretive and no one's wanted to, no one could find out who it is. We don't find out who the phantom is until later on in the show, which is even weirder. But if you look um, at him, you can bloody see who it is. You can, you can tell. <laughs> yeah. The phantom's aggressive early, you know, he's, and he gets this big neck breaker for the win. This is a really, squash. It's a squash. It's yeah. a squash, man. And the fact is, it's not just any neck breaker, is it? No, Tony Schiavone, says it looks a lot like the Rude Awakening. And I agree with him. It does look a lot like that. It's very, very close, if not dead on. Um, we get another Starcade promo. Did you get this? No. No, another Starcade Lethal Lottery Butterball promo where, you know, like, yeah, it's a lot to, lot to take in. And we move on to our tag team title match. Did you have this one? Hopefully you did. Yeah, dude, you've got the um, US champs versus the world champs. Yeah, you've got the Patriots, um, Todd Champion and Firebreaker Chip. Or action, action Man and Fireman Sam, as I like to call him. <laughs> Against the Enforcers, Larry Tabisco and Arne Anderson. We spoke about them earlier. Uh, this is a good team. I like uh, Arne and Larry. I think Larry well, was sort of winding down, though. He was coming towards the end. Great heels. Uh, Arne still had yeah, a few good years in him. And... I like this because when Arn tags in, there's big cheers. They're not the babyface team. 
But Arn tags in, everyone, everyone respects Arn, everyone loves him. Holy shit, Todd Champion is huge. Yeah. Oh, he and he's action man. He's action man. He's massive. He's action man. If you see more of him. He, well, if you look at his pants and his old attire, it's based on Action Man, International Heroes or whatever, right? Because if you if you look on his trousers, he's got like USA down one side and then he's got the three stars. And it, it is, it's Action Man, dude. It, it, they've modelled him on Action Man. He's absolutely huge, this guy. It's like he's 6'5 or something and he towers over everyone in this match. And he makes Chip look little. And it, I mean, this is where the match sort of like messes up for me. And I think they've got it wrong because later on in the match, you know, the, the sort of heat that the, the heel team get, they get it on champion when they should be beating up Chip. Chip's little. The smoke, yeah, well, he comes in with a hot tag. Yeah, yeah. I just don't understand it. But maybe champion couldn't work, bro. Maybe, maybe yeah, Chip maybe. was the better worker. Well, maybe, maybe you know, Champion was a better worker. Maybe he was better at selling because I don't know. Chip just Firebreaker Chip, what a name! Uh, Why do you think Chip was a bit of a Malenko when it comes to selling? Hey, you leave him out of it. <laughs> Top guy, Dean Malenko. Um, the enforcers are using proper old school tag team tactics. Beautiful. Yeah, so good. And I, I loved it. I mean, I was looking at it, watching it. I had a big smile on my face. I was watching. It. I was like, "Yeah, this is, this is what I what I've enjoyed over the years. Like real heel sort of tactics, like there, they, everything." There was one. There was one great bit when Arn Anderson is getting lifted up from a for an atomic drop, and just as he's lifted up in the air, he puts it's his bad. hand behind him and gets tagged. And then as he gets dropped for the atomic drop, Zabis goes in and just starts laying into it. It's fucking great stuff. Heel, heel tactics 101. Heel, heel 101, yeah, for any tag teams, yeah. Like, it's good. Just don't see it anymore. Uh, yeah, I've got here that Todd should be, shouldn't be taking the beat in. It should be Chip. And there is a hot tag to Chip. It fizzles. The hot tag does not sizzle. It fizzles. And... Arn hits a spine buster on Chip, and we have a we have a winner, and that's it. Like again, it's not great. Like Chip. there are little bits of good work and stuff from from the teams, but I just yeah, I don't know. It didn't get put together well. Jim Jim Ross mentions the um, the Impel uh, trading cards during this match as well. The trading cards that, card that, that we have just opened. You know, 29 year old cards. Yep. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, not a good. Yeah, I just don't know. That just didn't work for me, that match. It, it I think was, I, you I saw mean, it, you saw it and you just realized they'd got it wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird one as well, dude, because you've got it, the way they mention what's going on as well when it's like, and the winners and still world heavyweight champions. It's like, well, wouldn't they what was that the only belt on the line? What belt was on the line? I guess it was just yeah, it was just the world tag team championships. But... So not the because the Patriots come down to the ring and they're US champions. They've got a couple of straps. Um Zabisco and Arn have got the, the, the heavyweight championship. So 
It wasn't. It, it was. It was. You know. It would it been a unification match or you know or or, or whatever you know or you know would they have had both belts? I always found it weird that you had U.S. championships, tag champions, and and heavyweight champions. Um, yeah, it didn't, didn't work for me. No. Um, Eric Bischoff is on the on the walkway with Paulie Dangerously. Says. This is a great promo. This is something that I fondly, I fondly remember in this pay per view. Is is this this moment because you've also got Medusa, who is Alandra Blaze, who would go and then come back and then go and you know drop a, drop a title in the bin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eric just reminds me of the count from Sesame Street here. I just can't get away from it. Ah ah ah. Yeah. Ah. Oh, <laughs> Just yeah, <laughs> Paulie is mad that the committee have booted him from his show. He was hosting a WCW show, and he's he's mad that they've kicked him off of it. He was co-hosting something, but he reminds everyone that he's got a manager's license. Yeah, and this I'm I'm guessing would be the birth of the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, in its in its way, he's he, because he tells us all he's got the Phantom. Yep. And Paulie says he wants to destroy Sting, and he, you know, this guy really wants to destroy Sting, and it's unmasking time. And just for anyone that can see, here he comes. Yeah, it's the Ravishing One. The man. We all could tell from the beginning it was him, but we didn't want to spoil it. <laughs> and you notice. Like you hear it, like you hear a wow from JR and Tony. Like they, you know, they got to big this up, obviously, but they know that Ravish and Rick Rude, who on our last episode main evented SummerSlam, we talked about this. You know, you can check it out on YouTube, on, you know, on all the podcast sort of, you know, carriers that we talked about. You know, hit the subscribe button. Yeah, dude, on, on so you YouTube here, you last episode, it. episode seven, SummerSlam 1990, SummerSlam WWF. He main evented with the know. Ultimate Warrior and gave the Warrior one of his best matches. These guys know that they've got a massive coup here. Then they mention it. It's a big coup for WCW to have Ravish and Rick Rude on their show. And Rick Rude cuts a killer promo. You know, we all knew he was going to do it. He says, you know, he, all he cares about is himself, his women, and his money. And he's going to help Paulie tear WCW apart brick by brick. And start off here. with Sting. He calls him that low-life scumbag. scumbag. Yeah. Sting. He's going to start with Sting. And you get he wants to take the US title. And you get crazy eyes right at the end. Like right at the end of the promise, he says right down the camera, and you see you see some crazy eyes. And to be honest, they don't look like cocaine crazy eyes. No, he, he, I, I, like I say, I love, we love, we both love Rick Rude. Um, yeah. Great promo. Um, he looked fantastic in this. Um, you know, he he was uh, he was still wearing the ravishing Rick Rude pants as well when he was the Phantom. Obviously, he just had black trousers on a black top. Um, yeah. Change. When he came out, he was wrapped up in his thing. And when they unmasked him, he just took it off and he had the ravishing pants on. But the thing is, you know, um, I would have liked him to say, uh, uh, why don't all you 
you know, fat, lazy Chattanooga sweat hogs. Just, you yeah. know, I would <laughs> love to see that, but it wasn't the time. Um, well, he was he going for Sting. He said he, that he battered people with painted faces before and stuff like that. He could have gone down that route, you know. Yeah. But no, he just, he, he, cut, he was, it was a good promo. Ah, it's nice. funny. Because Sting and the Ultimate Warrior actually came into the business at the same time, exactly, together yeah. as the Dingo Warriors. Uh, Blade Runners, I think. Blade Runners, like then yeah. the Dingo Warriors. Yeah, fucking Dingo Warriors. Yeah, dude. Um, it's really weird that then Rick Rude, yeah, his last match in, well, is one of his last high-profile yeah, matches. Last high-profile match in WWF, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. against the Ultimate Warrior, and then yeah. he goes to face someone with exactly the same fucking face paint, pretty much. Um, we get that... We've mentioned this before. We get the Ron Simmons promo video back at Florida State. It's a it's montage. Him. Even it's Simmons has a montage. Yeah, they retired his number at the at the university. You know, he's obviously a big star there. And yeah, we get that. It's, a, it's a, I think it's a cool video of him training and running and doing all that. Like it's a classic like, yeah, montage like ones from so that SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is. It's the All American Ron Simmons with his man in the corner, Dusty Rhodes. The American Dream. That's right. Um, taking on our world champion. Total package Lex Luger with Harley Race and Mr. Hughes. Yes. He's the OG of bodyguards, isn't he? Oh, yeah, Mr. Hughes. He's been around, mate, as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I always thought Mr. Hughes was a killer bodyguard. I swear, I swear he was even in FWA in the UK at one point. Well, I, I don't know about that. I don't remember seeing him. Pretty sure. But yeah, um, Mr. Hughes is ordered to the back. That was always part of the stipulations in this match. Is that it would only be Harley at ringside and Dusty. JR touches upon how Ron Simmons and Luger were briefly teammates in the old USFL. It was the, uh, the meant to be the rival to the NFL until it merged or whatever. <clears throat> uh, this is a side note. Luger at this point is despising wrestling. He cannot stand it. Really, yeah. yeah. He's really hating his job here. Um, he looks like he fucking phones this one in, bro, as well. He, he was never really accepted as Ric Flair's replacement in 1990, in 1991 when Flair you know, was stripped of the title and left WCW. Luger won that cage match against Wyndham at the Great American Bash and fans shouted, we want Flair the whole time. Mm-hmm. Luger became tired of it. He was champion, but he just didn't care for it. And by February or even March, he'd be gone. He would, he would, uh, he would turn up at WrestleMania Eight, which is one of my favourite WrestleManias. We'll do that he one soon. Yeah, he. Uh, but he's not wrestling. He would be one of the spokespeople for the WBF. Yeah, dude, drinking his milk, getting his yeah. arms out. Um, yeah, it's just, just a little side bit on Luger, who, yeah, just clearly was out of love with it. And, I mean, yeah, he, at points it looks like he phones it in, but then at points he looks like he's pretty charged for it. I don't know, man. He, he, he looked like he was... All the hype was on Ron Simmons. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the way they were hyping it, you were going to see a new champion this night. Yeah. Um, the way the match started as well. But Luger, yeah, he he, he looked he he looked like he was profusely sweating as well. He looked, um, he, he looked like he was knackered in this. Um, they both looked really tired, but but um, Luger more so. And um, I I just I wasn't. I, I wasn't impressed by Luger in this match. Um, he yeah. just couldn't be asked. He looked like he just could not be fucked. Um, no, see, I think at times Luger put up a good. Only, like, only at the end. Only at the end. Yeah. I think. There's some sweet tie dye being sported here tonight. By the American Dream. Yeah, he's wearing the most incredible tie dye shirt. <laughs> not we sure. Get- we get a few close-ups of uh, Dusty Rhodes's uh, sliced, scarred-up forehead, um, which is why I would mention earlier that uh, that Dustin Rhodes is actually his son, and yeah. uh, they they mention, you know, well, even though his head's cut, his dad Dusty would say it's a long way from his heart. His head's a long way from his heart, so don't worry about it. Um. Got a quick reminder, this is a two out of three falls. JR's hyping it as just the first ever two out of three falls title match in WCW. I'm not sure if that's true. Right. Didn't didn't bother to look. But the first fall is a squash. Yeah. It's it's over in, in minutes. Like it's a it's a spine buster from Simmons. Really good spine buster. Always love Simmons' work like with that. And he gets a three count and you're like, wow, he squashed him. Like <laughs> and <coughs> Luger looks dishevelled at this point. He sells the back hard after that as well. He sells the back. The booth are trying to make you feel like this is Simmons' night as well, which, you know, is good work from them. Simmons is all over Luger. He's, you know, pounding away. And at this point, Race and Dusty start to finally get involved. And... I think I think both of them are brilliant at ringside. I mean, like doing it. Yeah. Harley Race is is one of your all time greats in the business anyway, um, and and Dusty Rhodes, obviously the American Dream. He, he he's Dusty Rhodes, you know what I mean? Um, so to have those two in each corner, and it was the there were the official corner men for the evening. They were, um, yeah. So it was, uh, I mean, to, yeah, they got involved in the match at this point. Um, uh, yeah, they get involved, but it leads to the shit second fall. Yeah. Anticlimactic. Ends in a DQ when Luger goes over the top rope. And we, I mean, we already spoke about this earlier on. There's no DQ when Johnny B. Bad goes over the top rope from a fucking hip toss, yeah. which is blatant. Whereas Luger flies into Simmons and with Harley Race holding on to Simmons, Luger goes over his head. Because they kept saying if both men would have gone out, then it wouldn't have been a DQ. But because one of them went out, it was like he threw him out. Give me that shit. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't like a back body drop or anything like that. It was like a cross body. Calling it ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, don't piss on me, Ed, and tell me it's raining. Yeah, it's it's weak. Um, but they get back into their corners, you know, for a mini break. Luger has a cut, like a little cut over his eye. I'm not even certain he's a blade. 
No, it was hard way, I reckon. I reckon he just got caught on the on his eyelid or something. And this is where Dusty is really good in the corner. Talking to Simmons, like because obviously it's you know the camera's pointing right in his face. He's like, Don't Dusty... worry, baby. This is the fourth quarter. This is yeah. the fourth quarter, baby. It's a hell of a pep talk. He's fucking great, yeah. mate. And this is where the fans come alive. The fans are into this now. They've woken up. I mean, they've been dished out Van Hammer and fucking all that <laughs> shit beforehand. You know? <laughs> they've been hit with Kazmaier and Oz and yeah. Van Hammer and the two of them had fallen asleep. Um, and yeah, like the fans woke up and they, I think they thought that this was Simmons' night as well because he gets a really close near fall. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen it as well. I think everyone I mean, wanted to see it. We're a year out, yeah, because Simmons would eventually win the world title from Vader. But this could have been Simmons' night. If Luger was leaving, you could have put it on Simmons. They eventually put it They put it on Sting in the end at Super Brawl. But, yeah, Simmons charges at Luger at a ring post. Luger moves out of the way, and that's sort of the catalyst for the end. Because Luger hits his and look away John Cena. It's an attitude adjustment. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he hits yeah. his attitude adjustment, which it, would be... It, but it's a, a, a dog a shit pile driver as well. It's so horrible. He doesn't even... It is like the way when he goes down, it's just like he slides down one of his legs, you know. It doesn't... It's not very... And that's why I think, you know, it looks like Luger doesn't really give a shit. About this match, yeah. he does. It doesn't look great. The match wasn't that great, really. Um, no, I wasn't. Uh, yeah, because outside, Ron Simmons goes for the American football tackle, hits his shoulder on the corner outside, and then they go in and he gives him the attitude adjustment. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I, I mean, I've got underneath. It was a good effort by both. I'm not knocking Luger in this. I think I think he uh, because there were times where he perked up and put in a bit of an effort. And I know, man, it, it just seemed like he weren't really that bothered. Um, but that's just me. Um, yeah, that's it's almost the end of the show. We've got Jr. and Tony talking about you know the arrival of Rick Rude. They're bigging that up as they should. They also congratulate Brian <laughs> Flying Brian. Yeah. Um, for some reason, on the VHS copy, Turner Home Entertainment and the Redditing team needed to be shot. <laughs> and and yeah. uh, they tell us that they'll see us at Starcade. And uh, we get the rolling credits the executive producer, Jim Hurd, yep. and our senior producer, Virgil Runnels. Yep. Who Dusty. And yep. I mean, I'd love to know who, who decided they were going to do the Chamber of Horrors. It... That had to be a team effort, surely. <laughs> I mean, who have you got in your team that, that agrees with that kind of stuff? You know, I mean, as a concept to have a cage match with eight men anyway, it's always going to be a little bit mad. So they knew they had to have kind of the reefer eye referee camera, reefer yeah. eye camera. The um, helmet. You know, so it, it was always going to be difficult to... to to make that look good as well on the screen. And the fact that they had it first thing of the pay-per-view like couldn't they have put on fucking Van Ammer first or you know Oz versus they were dark matches at best weren't they you know they could have put them on first or whatnot you know so 
it's a it's a really weird one the way they they've set the night out. It was it was weird that they'd made changes to the show. Like obviously, you know, things change in every show, but you know, the Cards only the night subject before, to change. Only night bef- only the night before they were talking about Cactus Jack and Kazmire and Oz being in the Chamber of Horrors, Barry Wyndham being in the Chamber of Horrors. And all of a sudden Vader's in it with no fanfare, no build up. Right. It's Vader. He's Vader, be, man. It's Vader, he's yeah. Gonna be, yeah. He's gonna be world champion. Right. Put a bit of put a bit of effort into it. But we didn't get it. And I mean this show is I mean it has its fun points, has its has you know, some decent matches. But all in all, it's a bit of a I mean, especially in the VHS version, it's a bit of a letdown. Dude, I got fucking screwed on that one, man, by Ted Turner Home Entertainment again. You know, and it it always I like I don't know I don't know why either. I don't understand why you would put why you would edit these down to 110 minutes. Is it because, for whatever reason, they think that people don't want to watch the whole thing? What the fuck? Why? You know, you've got... You've got these... You've got these tapes from, you know, WWF, early, early 90 ones. You know, some of them were, like, three hours long. You know, this is 120 minutes of action, whatever. But um, the ones that we've done before was nearly three hours. You know, we've done... what? Why... Why why did Turner Home Entertainment do that? Why did First Independent do that? Was it because they wanted it to be the, the length of a movie or whatever? I don't understand. Like, you know, we want every single match on here. They or they and WCW were terrible for that in the early days. They would edit I mean, we've done uh Beach Blast ninety three. Yeah which yeah, I missed out on matches. I would like to see Beach Blast 92 and see oh, yeah. if we can do that one. Back. Yeah, and, and see what they've cut out of that one. Because, but like I say, this was this event here was one of the first four tapes that you were able in the UK to buy of WCW. So this was the start of the VHS WCW era. So, you know, it's where it all began. And I mean, yeah, that's our lot. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end, we're gonna start ending this and we're gonna say thank you to everyone that watched our last two shows. You know, that has been, that has been incredible. You know, we never thought we'd get that many views on shows like that. We've got, you know, I think we've reached over a hundred downloads on Podbean. Is that right? Yeah, we've got. I mean, the the podcast is 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 the actual pod pod. Uh, the audio for the pod is still fairly behind uh, the YouTube views, but that's fine. We're still trying to, you know, get the um, early days for us. It's early days for us. I mean, this is only episode eight, guys. So we, you know, it is early days. We've only been doing it a couple of months or whatnot. So, uh, you know, but we we will carry on. But we would really, really love it. Excuse me, I'm blooming yawning. Been <laughs> really hot day here in the UK. Like today, it's been like... 30 plus, yeah. Yeah, 30 plus degrees. Uh, so it's been really, really lovely day. Really hot. But we, we will be doing some kind of subscriber giveaway. So I will happily donate a couple of packs of these. 
in our whatever we give away. But obviously, we don't want it to be too heavy because if we get an American winner, we're going to have to send it to bloody Chattanooga or wherever. So, um, you know, but we please, guys, if you watch this, please subscribe. Please do the subscription thingy down there or down there whatever free to subscribe remember that free to subscribe it will cost you zero dollars wcw fans let us know what you thought of the show you know we do chat a lot with other people we do we are on other forums we like to find out what you like what you didn't like about it i mean we do get the odd comment here and there which is quite nice and yeah this uh with who who are we thanking this week Treeoflifeframing.com. Yep, for the uh, T-shirts. For the incredible T-shirts. Tyrant Tales for the artwork. Yep. You know, really good stuff. And once again also, on a, on a sadder note, we would like to thank everybody who's coming out with uh, anything with the hashtag speaking out as well. We mentioned it earlier in the beginning of the episode. Um you know, we're keeping our ears to the ground and we're trying to keep out of it, really. Um, you know, we, we're not going to mention individuals and, and things like that, but we we are here and we support people that are hashtag speaking out. Um, and we don't support the people who are poo-pooing it and trying to delegitimize the people that are speaking out. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, we were in Chattanooga. This was 1991, 27th of October. Halloween Havoc, Chamber of Horrors, WCW. Were not a bad event, really. All right. Enjoyable. It's, it's nostalgia at its finest, isn't it? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, of course. You know, some real yeah. big stars. It was the early days before the resurgence and the big real boom of of wrestling it was starting to to pick up weren't it yeah it's yeah it was just before wcw had a real sort of break and really pushed on and had some even had some big some even bigger stars hitting their shows you know jake the snake would be there in 92 you know you don't you know ricky steamboat would have a resurgence as well and you know and then 93 you'd have a return of rick flair so WCW was was bouncing back. That's right. And I guess yeah, that will that'll be it from us. We'll, uh, yeah. So thank you to anyone that's stayed up or hasn't fallen asleep yet, and continue to watch, continue to like. If you haven't subscribed, why not? You know, we're we're doing our we're doing our best to keep these shows going. We we love doing them. And and to be honest, like. You know, for a couple of guys, and we, you know, we work. We've 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 got other bits and bobs going on. We've got families and all that. It is a fair bit of work putting these out as well, you know, because we 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 watch the pay per view, we make notes, you know, then we we put this together and then have to export the video and then upload it and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, we're not complaining, obviously, because we bloody okay. love it and we're gonna keep doing it, you know. But um, yeah, you know, we we really would love it and. As soon as we hit those 1,000 subscribers, guys, as soon as we get up to that 1,000 subscriber mark, we will be doing a competition. So please, 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 if you subscribe, you will be in that competition. 
Remember, we're on, Twitter, we're on Twitter as well at Chat Grapple Pops. You know, get at us. You know, if if you like something, if you didn't like something, or if you've got any ideas on what we should watch next, we had do have something. We have a plan for what we're watching next. But if there's anything you want us to talk about next, to, uh, like in the next couple of weeks, just at us. We're here. You know, we answer everything. Oh, are we possibly going to watch that thing that I showed you the other day? That thing you showed me the other day. That sounds a bit ominous. But um, that VHS that I was showing you the other day and we said that we might watch that one. Oh, that's a good good question. I I thought we'd already figured out what we're watching next, but... Okay, we shall talk later. We'll talk about this, yeah. We'll talk about this. All right, all right, cool. (laughs) Uh, Sweet, mate. Um, Oh, yeah, Yeah. I think... Yeah, no, no, yeah, it's fine. I've had too much blueberry juice. and it's too hot. So uh, is that, is, that a, is blueberry juice like a, a code word for beer? No, man. It's actual ocean spray. Oh, sorry, we shot advertising. It's your generic blueberry juice. <laughs> <laughs> so, blueberry um, juice in a red cup from a big superstore. Yeah, from from a well-known superstore. Yeah. So yeah, yeah man, it, I loved it again, George. Thanks, bro. Been awesome, man. Thank you, thank you, Chris. Thank you, everyone, for joining cool, us. And- We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care, man. Peace.